My name is Nate Phillips, and I am the champion of J.I.W. After our debut episode of season four took the world by storm, the high, yeah, that's right, the highest rated premiere in J.I.C.N. history, and it's all because of me, and this is my confidant, the man closest to me. Hit him with a little bit of that bubbly buckles. Check us out on Journey Into Wrestling, where the podfather and I run down everything from the bingo halls to the brightest delights. If it's in between the ropes, it's on Journey Into Wrestling. Every other Wednesday on the Journey Into Comics Network. What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 301. As always, I'm your host, Nate. Today joining me, welcome back once again, co-founder of the Journey into Comics Network. You know and love them every, whenever the hell they release episodes over there on the Game Addicts podcast, as well as the OGs every other Wednesday right here on the Journey into Comics Network. Welcome back once again to the show, the man, the myth, the legend. The Podmaster Brando. How you doing, dude? It's going, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's going all right over here in my neck of the woods. We release episodes whenever the hell I freaking feel like it now over on Game Addicts. It's just whenever the the news is right, whenever I have a good topic, I have discovered that if I try to keep it to it every single week, I don't always <laughs> have stuff to talk about. And I'm not going to do a show if I'm going to try and like BS my way through one. Just to have like I've got two topics this week and there's I got nothing else. I don't want to do a half hour show. I want to do a nice rounded out show. And so I've just decided, you know what? When I'm good to go, I'm good to go. And today we are good to go here on JIC. We are Sands, one of the other co hosts, Tyler McLaughlin, the stepdad of the Journey to Comics Network. He will be out for a little while. Ironically, ironically, I come back and we're gonna have three hosts and then for like a month. It's just going to be you and me rocking it like the OGs. I love it. I think it's a really fun special dynamic, especially being here at right after the momentous 300th episode of the show. Longest episode we've ever done. Yeah. 
maybe the biggest project you've tackled uh, for the network, at least as far as editing is concerned. And then all the work you did for the intro, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if we even touched the intro on 300, like talked about the new amazing intro, but it's incredible in audio form. And I do encourage our audio listeners to go to YouTube and watch our live show. Now that we do that's, you know, streamed or whatever, or however you say it, it's visually, you can see us or whatever. It's a video cast because the intro in video form is absolutely incredible like brandon seriously i just to blow you for a second on the podcast like you put so much work into it dude i wanted 300 to be special i wanted uh to have as many of our friends as we could to take kind of the concept of 50 level it up to where we are now with Mm -hmm. what we can do in the world we live in um you know, it was just like, hey, I might change the intro, and it wasn't really a super huge thought. And then it, you immediately like became producer, and it was the role we've always kind of fallen into with each other. You know, kind of, yeah. Uh, ironically, even all the way going back to the old days uh, of just like whenever something, whenever we had a, a brainstorming idea about something, you know, we, you know, we both have a good idea of like putting stuff together, whether that be images, logos. Uh, some intro ideas or whatever, but I I really enjoy working on that stuff. I really do. I and I'll try to conceptualize some cool ideas. Not all the times does it work out. I am we're working on something for something coming up, and it just does not work. It's funny, but it does not. <laughs> it work. does not work. It doesn't work. But no, this intro worked a lot. You know, it uh, it worked so well because you know we we. Uh, we used the the old guitar riff for a song manipulator from back in the Draxus days, back when you and me rocked in a band. And it was cool because it was like a little nod to the what we did before. And it just kind of kept it from episode seven and to different iterations, through different uh, clips in the out or in the intro to the outro of it. Uh, there, there's been different voices for announcing. We've had different hosts come. You know, it, it, it's gone through a metamorphosis. And I actually threw that in and uh, the uh, in the intro to the intro to make that five hour podcast even longer. Um I actually did that as a cool little nod to that intro and uh, kind of a like you know so, you know salute uh, to you and uh, like you know fond farewell. But you know I I almost wanted to put a thing in the middle. It's like like it's like welcome to the you know welcome to the future of GIC or welcome to the be welcome to G- welcome to GIC Beyond because it's almost like Batman Beyond or something like that with that intro because it really is very different. It's that dark. Um, What's the what's the style of music that is? It's like uh, synthwave. Yeah, dark synthwave. It, we, I've been really vibing on that myself. Uh, of course, I'm a big Mass Effect fan. I'm a big Blade Runner fan, and so you just have that kind of vibe in those. Oh in, yeah, in that in those games and those movies. So I'm like, it'd be, I'm like, I'm just I, when we were talking about doing a new intro, let's do something completely different. And I didn't even know if it would work. Well, we found a, a, we found something that we liked that we both liked. It was hey, this is cool. And uh, I'm like, let me see if I can put something to it. We did. We put it together. I made the entire intro. I presented it to you, presented it to Tyler. said, here you go. It's awesome. It's going to help make 300 even better. And then you invited me back on the show on a full-time basis, and I had to edit the intro again to put myself on there. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't long-term planning. It really, it all (laughs) kind of, it coalesced in in a moment of time. I'll tell you, uh, I was back in the studio and we were texting about 
the intro or mm-hmm. something. It was it, finalizing it, that stuff, and I just I looked at V and I was like, "What am I doing?" Like Brandon is back podcasting in a more full time basis, and I don't mean full time as in like it's all you do, but like you're doing it more often than you had been. Mm-hmm. And it seems you're enjoying yourself. And it seems that when me, you and Tyler are on, we just are an unstoppable force. So it's like, why not? And she goes, yeah, you should just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so it, then, yeah. you know, it, it yeah, it happened how it happened, man. It was, it uh, it, it just, it's just, to me, it's very strange. And I said it on the other podcast, how I feel 2016 was the decimation of all life as we know it. And I don't mean and I don't mean from a like a political geopolitical aspect. I just for some reason, I feel like January of 2016, David Bowie dies. Yeah. And everything went off the rails. And my life has been drastically different since 2016. And I went through some pretty low downs. And I've also seen and risen to some pretty cool ups, you know? Yeah. And I felt like going into 2020, there were things that weren't balanced in life uh, to just go like further behind my mental and, and, and whatnot. And it was like I had unfinished business with you. We were trying to get things together. And then finally stuff started clicking, you know, at the end of last year and, and whatnot. Yeah. And then and then you ha- I have, you know, unfinished business with other friends and things like that. We had unfinished business with Rob, our former bass player. Yeah. Who, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you're going to get a little bit of insight. Spoiler alert: He's our bass player again. He's awesome. back full time, but That's great, not man. as walk, but not as Walk Among Us. Oh, I mean, and not to say that he's not in Walk Among Us because I just don't. We don't know what the status of that band is right now. Um, but we're like 18 songs deep into an album at this point. That's awesome, dude. So uh, I can't wait for everybody to hear the first track that we're probably going to be sharing uh, at some point because it's a it's a real doozy of uh, of a song. And uh, but anyways, it was just like I felt like I had unfinished business. There were things that were in 2016 where things started to look good. I mean, that was like the precipice of the band coming on strong and then like building into 2017. The network became a thing and we went strong for two years there. Really, really hard in the paint with content every day and whatnot. And then like I said, things down in 18 and then 19's kind of climbing back up. And what I felt like was to get to my point, I needed your energy in my life because we've always had that with each other. And we've always found a way back to each other in our friendships. And it's seemed the same to be said for Rob and his place. And as those things have all happened, everything has balanced in a really strange manner. Like this is what life is meant to be now. This is where things level. And I'm, in a different headspace it's really cool it's really cool to to reflect in that way uh at least to look at the at the at the last chunk of the few years and it's really nice too because as you know we have all the catalog of things we've lived through in the podcast sure we usually talk about our shit well absolutely and see you know and we kind of touched about it on 300 we don't need to rehash too much but it's just like you know when i made that decision to step away um it was a pretty rough patch uh you know, you could say like for our friendship, but it really wasn't. I would say that like our that was a byproduct of everything else that was going on. Like, yeah. it, it, we were we we don't live in the same town. We don't we. I can't go over to your house, stand on your front yard, and be like, "Buddy, we need to talk." Let's chat. <laughs> Let's chat right now. And 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 had you been, I would have done that because I was that poignant about it. In fact, like 
you know, maybe things would have been different when I was, I remember I was sitting in the back playing with the kid and I was like this, we need to, we need to talk. You know, there's big happenings here and we need to talk. And this is in no way what I'm about to say, saying that, you know, placing blame or fault, but you were unavailable to talk. You had life. Guess what? I have life. It happens. We have kids, we have families, you know, and that moment where I needed to talk, you couldn't. Could that moment, could I, could this have been, could it have never happened? Maybe. Because if we're real with each other and we're honest, even if that honesty maybe isn't what the other person wants to hear, at least it's laid bare and we can start like, what do we want to do? What, like, what do we do to fix this? Right. Just like with any relationship, we just like whether or not it's with your girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever partner, if you're honest with each other and you can sit down with each other and say what's wrong, say what we need to do, we can try to fix it. And at that point in time, we couldn't fix it. And so uh, we kind of took a break, you know, and you focused on different things. I put my focus on it on like a, on a different thing and it worked out tremendously because within a year, in about a year, for whatever reason, we were both 100% ready in that moment to have that conversation. And it wasn't smooth. It was smooth. And it was smooth. It, no, no. And, and it wasn't awkward in any way. It wasn't awkward. It was like, no, no, that episode of, of JIW was awkward episode. That one was, that was, uh, I mean, I'm so grateful that I have a friend in you that was able to just like put the bullshit aside and see, Hey, this is kind of a thing. And he actually needs the help because there's no other person to step in. We didn't have buckles at the time, you know, yeah. it was, and I, and, and I had been asked like Casey Taylor said, dude, I want you to do a thing for the rumble here. And I didn't feel like, well, I don't want to be an asshole and be like, no, I don't <laughs> No, you know, yeah. I was like, sure, let's, you know, try to make it happen or whatever. But then I got into the point where it was like, I'm a little in over my head. What do I do? And I think it was more awkward for me because I felt like you had dissected and thought about what you wanted to say, how you wanted to say the things you needed to say about the situation. And all I was wanting to do was listen, but that was not the time or the day to be able to do it. And I thought we were going to find time, and mm -hmm. it never, it never, happened. never transpired. No, no that's and what not I was by hoping. any fault. No, no, that's I, I was hoping that what the conversation we had, I believe, in June or, or July, on Podcastrophe yeah, ninety four like or whatever, I think it's ninety four. Uh, it's live on that episode. You can go listen to it in the backlog. <laughs> that was us on the air, not having any pre rehearsal not having anything we laid it bare no boundaries there no i was hoping we would have that that night and it never really kind of happened and i was disappointed i was disappointed that it didn't happen but i also didn't feel like feel like that when we left that we left on a bad note i, I felt like we did a good job i felt like we had fun and yeah. and, and it did feel like i mean th th was there a little bit of awkwardness there because we d we we were working together we hadn't had the conversation yet yep it was it was like, OK, this is not what I'm saying. I don't want this to sound I am walking a very fine tightrope when I say what I'm about to say here. So it was like a couple who was having sex after the fight. But they didn't settle the fight. They exactly. just got to the fucking. Exactly. You know? yeah. We just, got, just down got down to business. Down to it. You know? Got down to business. And, uh, and and you know what? We we rocked it. We did two podcasts that day. Uh, the second one, I, I I I said this before. I felt a little out of place because I didn't know a darn thing about the fellas. And like 
you were you were hitting on all the points and so like we even made joke about like what are you even doing here i don't know i'm just over here on, like on the apron waiting for the hot tag. hanging out yeah waiting for hanging the hot out. tag you know and uh you know like no it was a it's, it's a lot of fun i've always had a lot of fun you know uh in any project with you because we mesh pretty well together we are total opposites in so many different ways as far as our mindsets you're you're a very much gung ho. Let's hit rec- let's do this and hit record and go now. And I'm like, and I'm the guy that goes, well, hold on a second. You know, we can do that, but it might be better if we think about it first and maybe try to execute something. And this is literally you just told the whole problem with my whole life. Is I just am like, let's do it. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think first sometimes. You know, I'm I'm a very rever- uh, reserved guy. There's not too many times that I just jump in the pool. You know, without dipping my toe in to see if it's cold first, because there's nothing I hate worse than jumping in a pool, and all of a sudden you're like, I can't move. It's I was, it was a mistake. Uh, that's funny that you bring up a pool. I was in a pool this week, weirdly enough. It was nice. Uh, but I want to go back just a few minutes. You were talking about how any good relationship, any good uh thing you have in life communication is key we're a podcast we're communicating with people i think i'd be a total fool if i didn't talk briefly about something that while is not at all nerdy uh it was an awesome experience and i want to tell you and everybody else that if you haven't yet watched this on netflix it's only 10 episodes for the first season i can't tell you if the second season's good because i only finished season one last night with the girls but watch the show that is called you y-o-u okay it's a greg berlanti produced show so it's kind of got a little bit of the cw vibes right a little bit not as much cheesy shitty music and and definitely a lot more sex and stuff because it's a not cw show the show is based on a stalker this guy who uh well he falls in love with a girl imagine that yeah, uh, but he falls in love with her to the point where he starts eliminating people from her life who he realizes while he's not wrong, they are terrible, awful, horrible, toxic people that need to be ridded from this person's life. There are different ways to go about it than guy goes about it. So, uh, <laughs> But the tension, the suspense, the thriller aspect of the show, it gives me. Dexter vibes in ways that I can't express to you Mm -hmm. with words. It's just that gut feeling when you were in a moment and Dex was inches away from LaGuardia catching him. And then something changes the the whole thing and he doesn't get caught. Like those moments, big feel in this show. And it's great. It's, It's a different, like not what you're expecting, total departure. And you can pretty much hate on everybody because every character is awful. Like they're all scumbags <laughs> in some way. It's always but good I, to hear said, that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard all about it. Uh, 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 me and a guy at work, we have talked about it because he was like watching it and was all into it. And so he, yeah, he told me a lot about it. And I'm like, that's interesting. And as with me a lot with TV shows, if I've already had that conversation and I, I haven't seen it, and then it's like, well, like then we start talking about spoiler stuff. I typically don't turn around and watch it. I sometimes I do. But typically, it's like, well, I've already, I, I know all about this show. It sounds cool. It sounds good. And but then 
you kind of want to wait a little bit though, so you don't go in knowing everything you know. Because I might forget by then, and like it'll it might hit fresh, you know. I'm like, oh yeah, crap, I forgot about that. You know, it it's uh, in a similar way. It, this wasn't intentional, but with Game of Thrones, I knew that Ned died. Uh, because when I started reading about like when they like when I when when they first announced the HBO show. Uh, I, I read an article. I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, what's this thing? Game of Thrones? What's this? And they were like, that's going to be really interesting. What they do? You know, they casted Michael Bean, and uh, you know, is the first season just going to be a straight up f- with the first book because you know his character dies at the end? I'm like, well, there we go. We already know that. <laughs> you know, and, and then they're like, and and not to mention the Red Wedding. And I'm like, well, that, that's another thing. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. It just said it. But then it's like uh, when the series came out, and it's like. You know, headline, you know, Headless Ned or whatever. And it's like, well, I guess it happened. And then season three, everywhere, Red Wedding, Red Wedding, Red Wedding. I'm like, it was a big thing. And then so, like, I knew about Ned. Uh, oh, and I, I knew about John. That that was the other thing. Is like, this char- the, 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 the book series kills so many characters. And I think uh, still to this day, the series has started and ended. And the next book of Game of Thrones hasn't come out. It's still not come out, yeah. And at the end of the last book, Jon Snow died. You know, so that they, they were on about that. And you're like, wow, you know, like like this this book series is ruthless. It's like, how's the show going to be? So like, a lot of those things were up here, and I didn't watch the series until 2014, I believe. Fall of 2014 is the very first time I watched. It. It was, I think season four had to come out, and had been out for a few months. And we signed a new Comcast deal where we got HBO for a year. And I'm like, I want to watch this, and she goes, I don't want to watch it. Typical, right? And then I start watching it, and she goes, "What are you watching? Game of Thrones?" Oh, okay. And then you got her hooked, and then you had to watch it together. Yeah, absolutely. Like, thankfully, (laughs) thankfully, it wasn't The Walking Dead where I was already a half hour into the show and had to restart Uh the episode. (laughs) Thankfully, oh no. Thankfully, she was sitting there, and I was laying on the couch, and I hit play, and she was like, "What are you watching?" I said, "Game of Thrones," and she was like, "Whatever," and then was kind of paying attention to the first episode, and then a couple episodes in, she's like, "Okay, we 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 have to watch this together now." Um, yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. But because it had been so long, like when the show started, I'm like, okay, so that's the Ned guy, right? I had completely forgot about John until that season when it was like, oh crap, oh crap, that's right. They, oh man, so I'm sitting here like biting my nails, not really because I don't buy my nails, but like I, I was on edge, thinking like, oh crap, this is it, this is it, they're gonna do it. And then, of course, the wife had zero idea because I didn't tell her any of those things. So it was a pun- it was even more punch in the gut. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I've been I haven't really been watching a lot of television. Uh, I've been playing more games. Really, I've I haven't been playing anything for the last month or so um, because I was I was kind of waiting. I didn't want to start anything that was too deep. You know, I have a few games I need to finish. Persona Five, but that's like a game that takes you seven years to beat. Because, oh yeah, because it's a long, <clears throat> it's a long game. You know, hundred hours easy, and like I love the game, but it's just like it's typical for me. I'm playing it, I'm loving it. Something else comes out that I want to play, I go play that, and that's what happens, uh, especially with longer games. So, I'll, like I'll get back to it. But there's a certain game that came out just yesterday as we record this. So this is, of course, coming out on Monday. So it just came out Friday. The Last of Us Part 2. And this is like, really, we only have two big topics this episode, this week's episode to talk about. And, and, and this game has 
part to do with one of them. Because did you see the reviews that this game has got? I want to say, didn't Metacritic... Uh, okay, so the first time we talked reviews, you and I, you said Metacritic had it at a 96, which was one above the first game, yeah. which was a 95, yeah. and it was something like 40-something odd, 10 star reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like at, 100s, at tens, 5 out of 5s, whatever, like, whatever you want to say. However you want to call it, yeah. It, well, now it's at 95. It got bumped down one, so it's tied with the first. The user score, 3.4. Ooh, a mid-range game. That's okay. I I already see where this is going. This is the fucking last Jedi all over again, ain't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. One hundred. You hit the nail right on the head. There are seven thousand three hundred thirty-one positive review ratings. Eighteen thousand one hundred and twenty-eight review or negative reviews. And there is a crap ton of zeros. Crap ton of zeros. And a lot of it has to do with, do with the narrative. About the story being bad. Notice if you're watching on video, I kind of did a quotation. Because I'm playing the game. I am at least, I'm, I'm not at the end. And, and I understand this. I don't think it's bad. So far what you're experiencing isn't a bad experience. No. No, I'm 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 right there with her. Um, like saying things like a spit in the face to the original original nonsensical narrative, total disregard for beloved characters. I know what he's talking about there. Um. Uh. No, I think people. This review. Just... This review. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. No, I'm, go ahead, this, please. This hit. Nope, nope, nope. What a way to end the franchise in the first two hours of the game. This guy is already mad. And this is a 20 to 26 hour game. From the beginning, it was clear this game was going to be bad. For me personally, disappointment of the year. Again, zero review. Most overrated game of this generation. The critic reviews are either fake or the reviewers are too boneless to say how generic the story is. Or the how, how generic the gameplay is. The gameplay is The Last of Us. It enhances on the original gameplay. What did you want them to do? Reinvent the wheel? <clears throat> yeah, no. Like basically, if you played through Uncharted Four, if you if you played through The Last of Us and then Uncharted Four, which is the game after The Last of Us, and you play this one, you see that there is a there's a progression of what there of what the style of game is here. There is literally okay. So there's a lot of people mad. And one of the things that I saw that really irritated me yesterday is it was a review on Metacritic and it was five sentences, the same sentence repeated five times. Okay. I hate gay people. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> so here's the thing. Ellie's a lesbian. She's, you know, she's into girls, and uh, that's revealed in the first game. Not, not it's not overly in your, overtly in, in your face in the main narrative of the of the, of the standalone story, um, but it's revealed that her best friend in the DLC left behind, which you have to play after you beat the game. Um, it, it was a girlfriend. 
And guess what? That's all that they just rea- they, they just show how they act around each other. That's it. It's not like we're telling a gay story. Or or yeah, okay. I'm yeah. So let's let's touch on that. Yes, please let's. Uh okay. So there's tasteful and distasteful ways to tackle sexuality in the modern era. Distasteful is um, one of our characters is gay. Find out who tomorrow, you know, like, yes, like, yes. like it's some sort Making of it selling. A spectacle. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. Now I'm going to just to piss off toxic fandom types again. Here we go. But Rise of Skywalker, very subtle moment, but there's a lesbian kiss in that. So fucking what? Yeah, who cares? Does it change the story? She loves a woman. Who the fuck cares? Are you loving that woman? No. Are you in love with that woman? Maybe that's the problem. These motherfuckers are in love with the lesbians because they're jealous or for whatever reason. I don't I can't figure it out or deep seated. We're going to find out something more interesting, which is toxic fandom comes from toxic Internet, which comes from toxic masculinity which boils down to a 4chan or an 8chan type board where there is no limitation, there is no law on what can be said, and if it's the wild, wild fucking west, I'm sorry, I know, freedom of speech, I get it, I understand. But if it is the wild, wild west and people are left unchecked, things like this are going to happen, where people are going to go, well, here's the deal, I don't like that game for X reason, and then somebody hears, oh, this game's getting heat on it. People don't like it. I wonder what's up. Then they they find out, oh, there's a, there's a lesbian woman who's a part of the story, who's the main character. Well, now my agenda has been touched. Now yes. I have an anger problem. Now I'm going to come out of the woodwork, have nothing to do, never played the game, don't know the narrative, don't know dick, and come out and say all this evil, vitriolic shit. It gets worse. Uh-oh. Because there's a character in the game who is uh, portrayed by Laura Bailey. Uh, she's a voice actress. And uh, very talented. She, you know, she was in Dragon Ball. She's in a lot of games. She was sure. in, um, you know, I think she was actually in, a, in in Uncharted Four with Troy Baker. You know, and also I, I think Catherine, uh, the the one puzzle game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, the her, her character is pretty masculine. Okay. Sure. And. I don't know if it's ever reviewed. Again, I haven't beat the game. I haven't beat the game. I, I want that. I've started it last night. I, I want that to be stated. I, I started it, and I'm, I am X all the way through. I already know some big spoiler stuff. I got spoiled personally uh, on Twitter just by clicking on the Naughty Dog trending thing, and somebody. So I already know some stuff that's going to happen, and I'm still enjoying this game, but. There's a lot of people that are, I, I, I don't know if they're upset or if they're just triggered or what is the right word, but there is a perception that this character is trans. So? Exactly. And there's people posting, it's ma'am. You remember that, that GameStop video oh, that God. went viral? And the, what we have, I've actually had someone say this to me uh, because if if this character ends up being trans, the correct wording and reaction to that is exactly what you said. Who cares? Does that is that what defines her? Or uh, does that define the game? No. 
Like it, it's real world. It's supposed to be built on a real world scenario. And let me tell you something. You can hate them. You can be a shitbag to them. Trans people are real. Okay. Yes, they yes. exist. And guess what? They can live their life just how the fuck they want. It's not bothering you. They're not coming and shitting on your lawn. Not to say that they would shit on let people's me just say, lawns. Let, well, but, like, still, but let me just say, trans man is a man. A trans woman is a woman. It doesn't matter. It doesn't freaking matter. Because I was, and, 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 and this really bugged me. Uh, somebody in my real life person, like somebody I know, like when I said this person could be trans, rolled their eyes. It's like, why are they doing that? It's like, it's like just to show them representation. Be oh, and see, now they're going to want even more representation. It's like. I hope I don't know this person because I kind of want to punch him in the dick. Um, I don't think you do. But, <laughs> okay, good. But it was just, no, that. And I don't know if that person was just being a smart ass. But that's not really a good thing to say because, okay, let's alternate reality. Say everything exists as it does now as far as technology goes, but it's 1954 or 1959. We're going into the 60s. And they make a video game. And there's a black person in it. Same. People be like, <gasps> yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. yeah. A black person in a video game? So what? You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's just it. You know, we as, like, we need to get past this because that still exists with, with black people, people of color, uh, you know, to you know, you know, to touch on like you know other um, ethnicities as well. But it so it, like all that stuff and that stuff is still an issue. It, it, it's crazy how like this whole thing it encapsulates issues that are going on in the real world. Bigger picture issues. Yes, video. bigger picture. Absolutely. Well, video games and also entertainment because you mentioned Star Wars thing too. Uh, because yes. uh, we these people deserve to be noticed and to be legitimized as you are real because the same thing that was being said in the sixties of them being lesser because, because things have gotten a tiny bit better. And when I mean tiny, I mean just like as in like black people are, are legitimate. They still don't get treated equally in this country, but they're, but there's like, okay, I guess you can get married to interracial couple. I guess we'll, we'll allow it. You know, yeah. you can vote, I guess. You can go to the same schools, I guess. You know, we lost that battle. But then they shift their focus to to the LBGTQ you know, community. And now it's I like they're lesser. They're here because they're not normal. They're not us. It, it's that pack mentality. And... Just a bunch of goddamn bullies, dude. That's what it comes down to. These people who are adults who are throwing a fit over someone's sexuality or race mm -hmm. are inherently, whether it's their mommy's fault, their daddy's fault, their own goddamn fault, whatever, they're inherently bullies. And at the end of the day, they're trying to make it to where they're the only kind of people that shine. And I don't want that. You know what I want? I want us to get to a civilization level where our planet has planetary peace so that we can go figure out if there's other stuff out there that, pe that you know, maybe could make everything in existence better, you know, and instead of going, oh, well, you know, we're just going to spend all of our money and time and effort fighting each other, which we're all the same species. That's like 
I mean, I, I don't know about you, Brando, but I don't think I really have seen like giant packs of rhinoceros fight each other to the death in some bloody war for territory. You know, they kind of cohabitate. They find their own fucking space. They do their own thing. You're not in my shit. I'm not in your shit. And if I am, I'm going to shit all over you because that's what rhinos do. But like, I, I, I just there's too many things to say about it and how wrong we as a society are and how much we still have to learn. And I feel like, sure, the millennial generation and I mean people after us, not I don't consider us to still be millennials. I think we still are kind of technically a part of that Zennial club, even though they aren't going to count us. The millennial generation and their lack of tolerance for intolerance is changing the game. Yeah. So I, I, I'm uh, I, I hate the toxic fandom shit. Honestly, it, it it's like this. I feel that toxic fandom puts everything good about nerddom at risk because at what point do companies and and all these things go oh we can't make you happy fuck off you get no more the end we're done you know oh you're not happy with your latest marvel movie well marvel studios is closing forever we're not going to make another one enjoy what you had you know okay look you are people are allowed to dislike things i i don't want to sure i don't want us to sound like we are uh, and I don't want to confuse anybody to say that you have to like certain things because this is in it. No, you can dislike something. You can voice your opinion because that's what we do here. That's what we do on our podcast. We can voice, hey, we like this. We don't like this. The difference is it goes into that toxicity of going online and being an asshole. There's one thing is saying, I didn't like it. You can say, I didn't like it. Or you could go on there and be an asshole to other people who still haven't played it or or who do like it and 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 there's even an issue that a voice actress in the game had to come out and clear something up cuz there was accusations of possible abuse on set like weirdness and she's like no it this, this this whole situation is getting out of hand, you know. Um, it's getting really hard to want to try to enjoy things. It, and, it, it and truly well, it, knowing 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 full well. Okay, so this happened with FF Seven Remake when I played through that. You know, I'm so glad I didn't get spoiled on that because even though it's a game that you've already played. It's not the same 100%. They made changes. They did made changes to the story a little bit. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. And then the people who didn't like that trash the game. Of course. Trash it. Let me ask you a question because here's the thing. If you didn't like something, if you didn't like a story, if you didn't like The Last of Us story, does that make the game a zero? Have you ever played a zero? Uh yeah, it's called Vampire Rain. It was awful. <laughs> you know what game? You 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 know what zero I've played? What Resident Evil Zero? Oh, perfect I see what dark you did there. zero. 
Ah. Okay. I I played Disaster Report on the PS2, and it was horrendous. Absolutely awful. But I wouldn't rate it a zero. Fair enough. You know, the thing is, I feel like the game is being unjustified in its zero rating. At the very minimum, this game is a four to five for the gameplay alone. It's still a good game to play. If you don't like where they take it, all right, man. You know, you have the, like, they ruined it. Did they? Like, okay, then I guess you can just play the first one over again. And this game we never should happened. start calling people like that story bros. <laughs> story bros? <laughs> yeah, they're story bros because they're like, oh man, the game's fucking stupid because it's a bad story, man. That's obviously the only reason to game. But I don't look at the fact that the graphics are incredible. It doesn't look like an Atari 2600. I can see some of the most uh, mind boggling action and, and stuff through a video game that you've ever experienced just because of the era that we're in. Appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. Damn. Going back. Let's let's rewind the clock because this is a podcast that you and I did when we did our review for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. It, we ranked it pretty high. We were all four of us were really high on it. Two of us have changed. I still am. Two of us have changed our opinions on that, and they're not here to defend themselves on that. Um, sure. Do, would you rank that movie a zero? You can't rank it a zero. There's too many amazing. And Tyler and I, I think just recently had this conversation of the battle of like uh, Last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker, which is better, uh, you know, or whatever. And while I love the the Rise of Skywalker, I think it was an, am- an amazing experience for what they did with the story. Uh, a lot of it is retconning and finding ways to undo the brilliance that was the Last Jedi, which took everything we knew and departed from it. Okay, so my biggest complaint about that entire trilogy is that there was no plan. They had a stake one, and they're like, here you go, yo baton, Ryan Johnson, you go do your thing. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to make my movie. Whether you like or dislike what he did, he made his movie. It didn't coalesce with what they had originally. Or like, The thing is, J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, uh, Lawrence Kasdan should have sat down and wrote a trilogy Instead of one movie with an, eh, we'll, we'll, well, let's go over here. Let's try to go over there. Let's try to get there. And we'll, but, but, but we'll let other people tell their story. Try to recreate what they kind of did for the original trilogy, only there's one difference. Who wrote the story in the original trilogy? It was, it was George. George. Yep. And then uh, somebody else wrote the screenplay, made, made his story better. And then you had the directors come in, try to visualize his story with George there kind of being like, hey, maybe what if we do this over here and all that over there? Listening, almost like, in a way, co-directing. But but all this weight isn't on his shoulders to get all these scenes done. George doesn't have to be there for just, oh, these are us getting takes with Yoda with the puppet, you know? you know He can be like, go chill in his trailer or something. You Take know? 397, Frank Oz Yoda, go. Yeah, right, so George's like, I'll be over there, you know? You guys get Pissed it. I am. Exactly, okay, so... The Last Jedi was a huge departure. It, it it basically did nothing that we expected. You know, we went into that movie with certain expectations, and we did not get that. And and we all loved it at the time. And I still do. I'm I'm I'll I'll be a staunch defender of my opinion of that movie. I w- would gladly watch it at any moment in time. I think it's a little bit more difficult to rewatch, but I don't think 
I rate it as low as as Tyler and, and and Dick do now. What really bothers me is that going into the Rise of Skywalker, I liked the movie, but I also felt like we had a movie that did the unexpected. So instead of making a movie that went off of that story that that movie set up, because now you're in it, you know whether you if you didn't like the Last Jedi. You're in this story now. We're here. We're 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 going. And what they did was essentially, as you said, they retconned that movie a lot, and they smashed two movies together into one to wrap up the story. And in in a way, like all the extra story, this over here, this over here, this over here, all these things that have been more explained, maybe like in the novel or in auxiliary works, make that entertainment aspect of that movie better. Because it's stuff they don't bother to tell you in the movie because they don't have time. And yeah, there's not enough time to give all the exposition for all the things they're actually yeah. doing. How did Palpatine come back? It becomes an Easter back. egg fest. Yes. How did Palpatine come back? We don't really know. You know, we, we, we find out through other things. You know, there's things that the movie doesn't tell you. And I do think that is a bit of a detriment to it. Do I think it was bad? No. I enjoyed it tremendously watching it in IMAX. It was fun. I had a lot of fun watching that movie. But here's the thing. We live in an age with this internet. I sound so old when I say it like that. <laughs> with, with this internet okay. we have. Um, that you can't... No, nothing you do pleases anybody. You know, when The Last of Us leaked out and they, and they found uh, A, B, and C and people were furious. So the game comes out, they see it in context, a lot of people are still furious. Or... I've actually seen very few people, but I've seen it. Okay, I was mad, but now I see where they're going. And you, even though I knew, you hit me. And let's go do this. Let's, oh, okay, awesome. And we just, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with Game of Thrones. Because we, we as fans... Nate, are you still there with me? Because the, because live on the show, on your end, it kind of froze a little bit, and you look absolutely hilarious. I hear you now. Live on the show. Come back with me, Nate. You look like you uh, might have had a little bit of an accident. That you uh, because you look hilarious. I can't wait for you to see this on the uh, on, uh, on the other end. I can hear you breathing. Anyway, I'll 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 just keep talking. When we have when when we become such a big fan of something, whether that be movies, television, video games, books, we we as a fan now have a certain expectation of what the continued story should be. I just lost Nate. Now now I'm in two windows. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'll stay over here. Uh, no, we no, we have a certain expectation. I gotta try and get Nate back into this. We had an internet problemo. No, we, we we end up having a certain expectation of what of what we um, expect the story should be, and when the, when the story isn't that, or maybe it isn't as good. Suddenly, it's worse in our in our minds because we've already written 
the story for it. Hi, Nate. Welcome back to the show. So sorry. My God, I don't know what just happened. My internet just shit itself. It's, <laughs> it's all right. It's like, ah! Look, I'm just going to give up at 1120 in the morning, you fucks. All right, so here's the thing, guys. You know, let's be real. We do the show over the internet. Is it going to run perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> no absolutely not you know w- you know i used to really stress about this back in the early days of doing this podcast i wanted it to sound perfect be perfect we used to hide it we used to do everything that we could to act like it's not happening but guess what it happens roll with the punches go with it i even made some fun you looked freaking hilarious <laughs> you look like you were either deadpan stoned or or stroked out it was just like <laughs> or both you just like <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. No, what I was saying to the audience though is that uh in 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 regards to like, you know, uh like Game of Thrones, Star Wars, maybe maybe The Last of Us fits into this as well. When we have something that we become such a fan of and we theorize about what the story is going to do, where it's going to go, how's it do, how's this going to do with this? What's going on over here? It gets to a point where we've already written the story ourselves. And when that story doesn't do what we made it do in our own head, or maybe it doesn't present it in the way that we thought it should be. Suddenly, it is now, it, it, it it's lesser. You know, it it ha- it happens, and it's been happening a lot lately with a lot of entertainment works. And I don't know, like a lot, of, a lot of people are full of themselves, Brando. Let's be real. Uh, do I think I could make a very successful movie? No. Do I think I could probably write a solid story that could maybe be adapted into something? Sure. Okay. But does that make me a guy who is a filmmaker who can, knowing what the process takes, tell other filmmakers who make millions of dollars doing their job how to do their job better? It just, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, that would be like, let me just say this. Okay, sure. I'm sure if I fucking sit in a spaceship long enough, I will figure out how to fly it to the moon. However, I'm not telling the motherfuckers at NASA or SpaceX how to fly their goddamn spaceships. They're the rocket scientists. Yeah. They're the ones that do this. So I, I have an opinion. Sure, I can say it till the fucking cows come home. Do I need to take my opinion, shove it down everybody's throat and try to validate that opinion? No. And that's what's been happening, man. Everybody thinks they have to validate their negativity and their opinions. They have to validate like, no, no, you don't get it, bro. Like, and I'm listen, I have been guilty of this in at least one instance. And and it ties into something I was going to bring up anyways, because I was scrolling on Disney plus last night when I almost ran through my fucking kitchen window and died because what's new to Disney plus fantastic four. Yep. I saw it. So I was just like, wait, what? 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 Oh, well they did buy it. I mean, yeah, but they really, they put it on there. Like they, they chose to put it on there. Like really, you know, but then like you think about it, man, they were trying to do their movie. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You don't know especially listening to the Josh Trank stuff Mm -hmm. when he's been doing interviews recently and you find out they pretty much, you know, put a fucking uh, muzzle on him and told him you can't do anything you want to. We're going to make the movie you tell or we tell you to make, not the other way. And, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I have done that. I have tried to explain like, oh, no, it's the worst movie in the fucking world or whatever. But really, 
they try to do some innovative stuff. They 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 cast Michael B. Jordan, who is a great actor, mm-hmm. in a role that, as of right now, only leads to you getting a better role. If you've played Johnny Storm in any capacity, you've <laughs> gone on to be very successful. <laughs> exactly. So, so you can't really – I mean, you can be mad at it, but you can't be that mad at it. And um, I'm sure in the future I'll get pissed at something somebody yeah. will do. Okay. I'll, and I'll throw down. But I'm not going to try to make everybody feel what I feel about something – by being an asshole about it. Well, and and see that right there is growth, because I've done the same thing. I voice my opinion when I don't like something, just like everybody else does. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. I've gone out of my way to try and defend uh, Batman v Superman, and even even the even the um, uh, the the uh, Justice League. Um, you know, I thought it was nice a pretty back. yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. You know, just because it's not nine, ten level doesn't mean that you know. Like th- th- every movie can't reach that. It can't. You know was okay. I I still haven't watched it. Now that it's on Disney Plus, I might. Fantastic Four was it a zero? No, I mean it can't be a zero, but it can be looked at as an incomplete movie. Sure. Uh, would you give it a four? Not even I, the only four it gets is in its name. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it may not be a fantastic four, but it might be a four. You know, maybe a four as in like you know what they tried to do a movie. I see here, yo. Here's the thing, guys. We can try to look at what what is done here and what is done right. There's a lot of things maybe that they do wrong. Maybe they get this wrong. They get that story wrong or whatever. You know, Game of Thrones season eight was it rushed? Absolutely. Was that detrimental? Yes, absolutely. You know, did the story go the way that I thought it should have gone? Yeah, kind of, mostly. (laughs) You know, do I wish they would have had a little bit more time? Yes, because I think only more time would have made it better. But I I, I really liked it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to convince everybody why you should like it because I liked it. You know, in fact, that is another thing. That's another thing. That, 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 That is the second time now. That on this same podcast, you can go back and reference when we when we did the Last Jedi review on 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 this show, we all loved it. Opinions have changed as time was on. When we did the game the game of King Chair, we were pretty positive about the entire thing, and now some opinions have changed. And I'm wondering if if, if in some ways the opinion of the internet and pointing out these faults. Has like kind of like swayed that because there is faults that there's a lot of news coming out right now about Last Jedi and about how the problems behind that and how like people people in the company weren't didn't like where the where Ryan was going with it and how they changed it. Whatever you know, there's been reports now that George Lucas and uh, Favreau don't like that movie and hated what he did with it. You know, and so and now at Lucasfilm they are like trying to redirect you know Favreau's in charge of the Mandalorian and he's looking like he's going to get more uh, responsibility maybe we don't know there, there, there's talk of them bringing George back into it to work on future projects to just try and get the level ground you know because they've they have made a lot of the fan base angry and they don't want that they want they, they want people to cheer for Star Wars not cause drama with it you know but that's the thing when you get something as big as Star Wars when you get something, when, when something gets put up here, when it was like here or here, 
there's more opinions about what should about what that should be whether that's star wars game of thrones justice league the like for a lot of people that was a big deal with the dc movies are they bad movies absolutely not they're not bad movies maybe they just didn't live up to what they think that should be number one because this is justice league number two because of the precedent that's already been set by the other side in their movies when you go back and you watch some of those Marvel movies, they're they're pretty freaking good. But in a vacuum, they can seem bad. And actually, can, when you see the whole Infinity Saga as a twenty-three film story, yeah, imagine. Ima- okay, it's like this. Okay, here here's here's the best way to quantify exactly what you're saying. If you pick up the Infinity Saga book and you start at chapter one and you finish at chapter twenty-three, pretty fucking awesome book. Lots of comeuppance, lots of, uh, you know, great long thread storytelling that takes time to build on. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you to walk up to the same book, grab chapter 11, which is Thor, the Dark World or whatever. Yeah. And just read that book and then judge the whole thing. Yeah. It, 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 you can't. You actually cannot. It, it, It might not be the best story in the entire MCU. But it plays a pivotal role later on, and sure. then that's the thing you have yeah. to the, the weight of decisions, and that's what I think Marvel has done so well. I know DC is kind of backpedaling into where maybe they'll figure their shit out. Maybe we'll course correct and we'll get a Snyderverse and actually maybe see Cavill as Superman a couple more times. We'll maybe get a couple more Ben Affleck appearances, possibly. Maybe not. I don't know. Um it gets, but, you know, okay. I want to before you go, go on. Before you go on, I have one thing to sure. say about that. Sure, DC in, in itself is kind of confusing with how many universes they have. They have that multiverse, oh, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But you already have it laid bare in the comics. It exists. Well, and they've also laid it bare in the TV verse. Yes, yes, where everything has tied in now. Yeah. 89 Batman yes. 66 Batman. Yes. I mean it's all there. There. Absolutely. So why can't there be a Snyderverse version of DC characters where you have yes. where you have Cavill, Affleck, you know, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, then you have Shazam. You can put all these characters in there and guess what? You have the the uh, the, uh, the Batman movie that's coming out. You know, that's a different Batman, different verse. And people are like, people will get confused, normal people. But if you're in it, you're like, we have a Snyder verse. We have this one over here. And why not? More can be more. It could be better. Maybe it was bad. Maybe it will be awful. You know, but or maybe I'm, there's a way you MacGuffin it in. And at some point you get an epic moment of Ben Affleck looking at Robert Pattinson, Batman to Batman. And you get a holy shit moment. Yeah. Where you never thought you could see that happening. Absolutely. Those are the kind of things. I mean, I think, listen, and, and I, I don't particularly remember. Did you end up, were you there when we watched the Avengers? Or had you already left the band by the time the Avengers came out? I My timeline's a little funky. Uh, I so. left the band in September 11. September okay, so it was so. right before 12 was when, yeah. May of 12. So, um, I... I quantify this here it's like this that movie giving us thanos just the taste of thanos sets everything forward it was a big i don't think i'm gonna actually see this moment Mm 
So when it shows up on screen, <gasps> holy fuck, I'm actually seeing it. That's what you could get with two Batmans or two Supermans or you know whatever you want to do. Um, I, to just double back on toxic fandom and stuff, I also think that's why we have lost some good things in the nerd culture universe. And the most specific thing I'm going to talk about, and it's very topical with today, is The Walking Dead. Now, Brando, interestingly enough, you and I were week to week. Every time there was an issue released, we were talking about it on this show. Mm-hmm. You left. I fell off for a time. I tried to play catch up. I, I did my best to to fill all those gaps in and whatnot. Now, I will say, did you finish the series? No. Okay, so I'm not going to. I don't. I'm I know not what happens. Gonna, I know what happens. That's why okay. I haven't finished it because but, because I just haven't read it yet. Same story a, with the bo- a, uh, same story as the books with the TV show stuff. Uh, I yeah, saw what sure. happened, so I'm like, oh, cool, and I just like have never got on board with like actually going through and actually finishing reading. I need to because I want to, especially now with what this news came out with yesterday or day before one of those. But we got big news. Well, well yeah, and 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 to lead into that, so uh, a couple days ago before we got this news. Robert Kirkman came out in an interview. Did you see this at all? Yeah. He was talking about his remorsefulness and the decisions he made leading into the Walking Dead ending. Yeah. He said he always had a plan. He was always lying to people. He yep. knew what he kind of wanted to do. Uh, maybe 193 was like not the exact number he thought it would end on. But when logically he got to the point in the story, he's like, well, I'm here. Let's wrap it up. There's no, no need to, to fucking pull this out longer but he was lying to solicitations you know they made fake covers for issues that never happened yep i mean it's clever it's fucking super clever you know but also threw the comic world into a bit of a tizzy because you had this amazing series the best-selling series at the time and in its peak it just poof it's gone 72 pages in the finale and that's all she wrote folks and Kirkman has talked about he's just real remorseful. He, he didn't want it to be that way, but he wanted to make sure the element of not knowing it was the end hit everybody equally. Right. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I thought, well, yeah, but I feel like and I've said this on other podcasts before. Kirkman isn't done writing for that universe. He has plans. I always felt there was plans, you know, in the story, you know, there's huge time gaps that are just left wide open. I don't know how deep into the story you get, but there's a point where Negan just dips away. He just yeah. dips away. Like, you have no idea what's one, going on. 175 or 174 was his last appearance, yeah. and he just walks off into the sunset. He and literally walks it. into the sunset with because uh, that that was one of my favorite issues because that's they kind of did that in the show a little bit differently, um, but they still kind of had that um, that confrontation between Maggie. And Negan, where she's there, and she can do it. She can kill him. She can get her her revenge, right? And Glenn, yeah. And uh, but the man that she went there to kill knows no longer there. He's not. He, he's dead. He died a long time ago. And it's even to the point where he's begging for it. I loved it. It was amazing. It, there's even that moment where he found the bat and the barbed wire, and he made another Lucille. And then as he leaves, he, he throws it in the in the campfire that he left and. Walks off into the sunset. No, it was beautiful. Beautiful ending for that character. However. Sometimes the end is just the beginning, Brando. I know. 
we've been teasing it for quite a few minutes here, but the announcement came through. I was driving. I almost wrecked my car, by the way, because you just sent me a picture and it yes. was the cover for issue one of Negan lives dropping in like uh, I would say it's probably going to technically come out in August, July. Usually a July marks uh, comics are released in early August. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a new story, or at least a continuation on the story. My hope is we do see moments that we haven't seen in Negan's life and maybe some backstory, as well as what happened after he walked into the sunset and had his own little place. We don't know how long this is going to go for. It It's indicated that it could just be a one-off, kind of like how that one-off book we had for his backstory. So, like, mm-hmm. so, so for his story, we would have, like, the, the Walking Dead version or, or the part of his story, we'd have the, you know, the backstory collection and then we would have like his epilogue, essentially, um, which I'm which I'm fine with. If it's just one 28 page story of his epilogue, that's cool. I would love to have a longer standalone series, but I also don't know if Kirkman wants to just keep it going. Another thing that he's doing, he's sending these to the comic book stores without any sort of the stores having to pay for any sort of uh uh, shipping or uh, like the other commission stuff that they have to do to get the books. They can just sell the books and make their money. Um, wow. So he's doing that to help out because of all the COVID and pandemic and how the, the in-store shopping has dropped down. I also just saw uh, another, another headline as we were uh, discussing that unfortunate topic that we had to, that we, that we were discussing earlier um, with all the kind of negativity and just being dicks and shit. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan on the show, uh, he is uh, supporting local his local comic book store with autographed issues of Negan Lives. Um, so, okay, so here it is. The newly announced one-shot comic from Kirkman and artist uh, Charlie Adler will be sold exclusively at comic book stores starting July 1st. Oh, shit. With 100% of sales going to benefit physical retailers who made the series a, a, a success to begin with, Kirkman said in a statement. With those retailers, Mega Brain Comics and Arcade in, in Rhinebeck, New York, which counts as more, which counts as Morgan and wife uh, Hillary Burton Morgan and their son Gus as regular customers. So, uh, on Thursday, Burton tweeted out a request for uh, to her for more than 100. Uh, to her uh, more than 178,000 followers, asking them to support small shops uh, by purchasing an issue of Negan Lives number one on July 1st, her birthday. And, and in response, Morgan tweeted out an offer to sign the first 100 issues sold by the shop, bumping the store owner Gene uh, Michaels' orders from 80 to nearly 200 copies. So uh, he came in and said, I'll sign the first 100 sold. And a bunch of people said, I want books. And uh, so he's definitely, you know, trying to help out his local shops. That's awesome. Um, Jeffrey D. Morgan is one of the good guys uh, from everything that we have seen, everything that he has said, everything that we can tell from him. He is literally the antithesis <laughs> of the character that he played in the show. He is such a good dude. You have these guys in Hollywood and that in the in the actors world with the guys like Tom Hanks, guys like uh, Keanu Reeves that are just good dudes and uh jeffrey's one of them some would even say excellent dudes yeah hey i get it but um yeah no he is just one of those guys he he is on the forefront of a lot of issues using his star power uh 
to, to get the word out and to help. And um, those are the guys that I admire uh, the most in, in, in the entertainment field are the guys that could take the time out of their day to do good. And for him to do that, for him to not to charge anything, be like, hey, you know, autographs, Negan lives, Jeffrey D. Morgan, you know, hell yeah, hell yeah. If I lived in that area, I, I'd be there to buy a book, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's, I mean, uh, it's cool that it's a one shot. I am a little bit bummed that we aren't getting a full blown series. However, I like what you said about how we'll get the beginning with here comes Negan, then you get Negan lives, which could, who knows, this one shot is testing the waters possibly. It mm -hmm. could spawn off to a different, bigger story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like. At any point, Kirkman could pick The Walking Dead back up. There are stories within that universe that could be told, and maybe some point he will do that in little special runs here and there, you know, just to keep it alive. Mm -hmm. But he has a very special – listen, it's very – as I kick the fucking thing again, it's very rare for uh, a story to have such beautiful finality. And for them to and, – and I'm uh, to stay spoiler-free here – for them to wrap everything how they did, to tell the story they told, to do the, the beats and the motions that they went through while never giving away their end game, kudos to them. And I feel like The Walking Dead is kind of its own moment in time now. It, it, it is going to be like a legacy series in mm -hmm. 50 years. People are talking about like the iconicness of the walking dead and, and why didn't you read it, you know, or whatever. Sure. Well, and maybe we'll get more books. Maybe we won't. Uh, and who's to say that he is going to be the guy to write those books. You know, uh, he has created a universe where we have three television shows. Now the main series fear the walking dead. And now I can't remember what any of the other one, um, but the one that has something in the world, right? Yes. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I saw a trailer for it and, and we're like, Oh, okay. So it's set 10 years after and it, it follows kids and it's a bit different. We, we have that. He's created a world where other people could come in and tell some pretty cool stories. And he can just be the guy up here going, yeah, that's cool. Or yeah, maybe, you know, basically George Lucas's situation, you know, where he could just kind of be like the overlord uh, producer. Um, but, uh, no, man, it just, like, I'm excited for what's to come with this new book. Uh, I actually boycotted The Walking Dead show. I, I might have said it here on the, on, on the show, but prior, uh, when, I, when they were advertising that uh, Andy Lincoln was leaving the show, I was angry. Uh, very angry, because I would rather be surprised by that, you know, um, and let that story thread go. But instead, they they they, they wait. They use it as an advertising bonus because the ratings were slipping. And uh, weirdly enough, you know where the ratings started going down at, and people gave up on the show when they departed from the comics. No, no, Negan oh. killing Glenn. They uh, audience decided that was too graphic and too dark, and they checked out. The ratings show that up until that point, the ratings were really strong, and then. It wasn't so much the departure from the comics; it was that people people didn't want that for the for the for the, for, for the television audience. Maybe if this show had been picked up by HBO and was already a little bit more graphic to begin with, maybe it would have been okay. 
maybe it would have matched up with the comics as being like the big spurring moment of getting the show into a new renaissance. Well, and you think, though, too, the Negan thing with Glenn, is while it's graphic and brutal, it's not maybe some of the most brutal stuff that you witness in that book. I mean, think about Michonne taking a drill to the governor's dick and we don't get to see that we don't see that at all in the series it's different at all they depart exactly and he, she he just gets like a piece of shard glass to the eye and that's it and that's how he gets the eye patch um so it's completely different what i will say is i was wrong to boycott the show because we finally sat down once that series or that season came to uh netflix this is season nine and we, and, we, and we sat down and watched it when I was out on, it was I believe it was either when uh, it was either when we had the baby and I had a week off, or it was over Christmas shutdown, or one of those, or maybe it was over sure. Thanksgiving. We sat down and we watched the whole series because it's on Netflix, and we just watched through it. And it was the best season that they've had in years. Like as far as creativity, as far as like the time jump was a bit weird. And a big departure from the, which, which I liked about it because it was like, okay, they're doing stuff. I know what's going to happen. Andy decided to leave. He decided to leave. I cannot fault him for his decision to leave. I can't because he's a dude. He made his own decision. They had to make a story around that. And they did. And I thought it was very well done. That his last episode of, of this show is one of my favorites they've ever done. With, Damn. His, with his interactions with um, Shane, his interaction, yeah, they brought Shane back. They brought uh, John Bernthal back for that episode. And, Interesting. And it was because um, they actually kind of ripped off the, the Last of Us uh, in that in that episode, which is funny. If you played The Last of Us, you know what I'm talking about. You haven't got there yet, Nate. Um, Sorry, but but Rick is bleeding out. And he needs, he's being chased by walkers and he's on a horse and he's like, he keeps fading in and out of consciousness. And all of a sudden he's back in the cop car with Shane. Whoa. Great cool. shit. Great shit. Oh my God. That was, such I a- think I checked out after they uh, killed Coral. Coral. Uh, yeah. That was the, the, the mid season of the year before eight. Yeah, yeah, eight. Because then they went on to the last part of it, and they—that's when they defeated Negan. Which that was a good episode too, but um, I, I would have loved. I actually, I actually liked the story of killing Carl for that story. I don't like it in retrospect with Rick leaving, because if you lose Carl, Rick's got to be there. But Rick's not gone because they're doing something different with him. It's kind of weird, but just stay with me, Jimbo, because. <laughs> That episode with where where Rick is like going a little little loopy. Um, the the Shane interaction is great, and the last interaction he has is with is with Herschel, and it's one of the last things that he filmed um, before he died in real life. Yeah. After, um, and they were back on the farm, and they were on the on the upper level of the barn. That's be- awesome. Beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. Damn. Well, now I'm gonna Scott have to go ahead and go catch on up on that. Too. So I will say, and then the, the stuff they did with Negan, with that, ah, it's amazing stuff that they did with Negan because, and and it's, it's, some stuff is what you remember, and some stuff isn't because Carl's not around for him to bomb with. So who does he bomb with? 
Judith? Yep. She's doing her homework, and he's like hanging out in the cell in the basement talking to her, you know, and he's like, and they're telling her stories, you know, you know, talking about how like he brought a dog home and his parents wouldn't let him keep the dog, you know, and then Judith is, is nice to him, and, and, and Michonne's like, You're talking to Negan? He goes, He, he listens to me. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. I'll go check it out. Damn it. No There's more. more. There's one more scene. Okie dokie. Okay, one more scene. Okay. I'll, I'll, and then I'll be done. I'm, I'm done selling because we're going to wrap up the podcast. Oh, it's okay. I'm just excited. It's a long time since you and you've done a straight JIC on a normal basis. Oh, I know. It's hardcore it's, parkour. It's catching up <laughs> a little bit. Negan gets out of the cell. Where does he go? He doesn't go the same place he goes in the book. Does he go to the hilltop? No. Sanctuary. Okay. And it's completely broken down, deserted because in the book, in the series, uh, before the six year jump time jump, the saviors end up getting uh, finished off because they decided to fuck with the wrong people. Um, <laughs> Carol. Uh, essentially uh yeah look at the flowers saviors uh pretty much uh like 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 they're kind of being a thorn in the side and and they end up uh going away but yeah Negan shows up and he's walking around looking around he picks up a couch sits down you know this you know this was his lair man this was his kingdom and then there's a, some walkers banging around he's like you know he picks up a pipe, you know, opens up the door to let him in, and then he recognizes the walker. It's one of the saviors. He goes, whoa. Hey, long time no see, Red. You Whatever he called him, you know? And yeah. then he's like, whoa. <laughs> and then he ends up, like, putting him down, and uh, Negan goes back home to the cell. Interesting. Well, he gets caught by Judith, but, like, yeah, because uh, I think Negan's like riding a bike, and then Judas shoots the bike, and and then he wrecks, and she takes him back, and he's just like, okay, I'll walk, <laughs> you know. Cool. It they do some cool stuff with him, and uh, I haven't watched season ten, but I know what happens, and there's a really cool fucking scene that I'll talk to you about after when we're off air because I haven't aired the season finale yet. Uh, because it got yeah, that's delayed. they're waiting, yeah. Um, COVID, but yeah, but, uh, we're 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 gonna go ahead and wrap up this show. It's been good to sit here and talk to you. We're we're, we're excited about the one shot of Negan Liz. We'll be reading that because by the time that comes out, uh, unfortunately, uh, Tyler won't be back. We have uh, when I came back onto the show, I guess technically as a guest on two ninety nine, but in three hundred we wrapped up the Cravens Last Hunt. We are going to be doing some more books. Each and every episode, we're going to be looking at an issue or two of a book. Uh, that way we're talking about, well, you know, all-encompassing, all everything nerd, but we're going to keep true to the comics name. We're going to keep the comic club alive each and every single episode here on, on the uh, podcast. And uh, I'm not sure what book we're going to talk about next. Uh, there's possibly that we'll look at the Craven's uh, sequel, the Craven's Last Hunt sequel. Yeah, and I think we talk. I don't know if we talked about this officially on 300 before we get out of here, but we we plan on trying to keep the book based shows to the three of us if we can. Yes, yes, uh, uh, I, I definitely want to do that because that's going to be. I think that's more fun. I I absolutely agree. I love nerding out with you guys about the books. You know what I think would be amazing because he's never read them. 
take Tyler through The Walking Dead. That would be neat. That would be neat to do to do some of those. I also feel, you know, we started the show off by talking about unfinished business, and we need to go back and finish The Watchmen. Yes. Oh, a, we should just can we just redo Watchmen and, yes. and our current team? I think yes. that would probably be the way to do it. Yes, absolutely. And then just we'll kill it. It'll be great. I can't wait. Watchmen Redux. Redux. Watchmen on HBO now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is free. They made it free for this weekend. They, so by the time you hear this, it's not free anymore. But uh, oh. <laughs> but 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 yeah, HBO made it free for the weekend uh, because of uh, yeah, for Juneteenth and what the show opens with. Uh, ah, very nice. So, um, it's it's very topical what's going on right now this weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Awesome. Well, uh, Brando, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and get on out of here. As always, you guys can check out the Journey into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Uh, get our amazing feed of a community of friends making awesome content for you folks. As always, check out Brandon's other podcast, the Game Addicts podcast, on their feed, where you can get them on all the same platforms as well as iHeartRadio. Just search Game Addicts Podcast. Get them on GameAddictsPodcast.com. Uh, check us out on the OGs every other Wednesday. means that next week we'll be on the air no, not next week. The week after this. No, no, ne- next week. This yeah, week is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week. And next not, week. Not next week. This week. Next week. Next week. Next, yeah, actually, <laughs> next week. Oh shit! But I think that's gonna do it, Brandon. You got anything else you want to add before that's we it, rock man. out? That that that's absolutely it from us this week. Of course, uh, we you know we rocked it with some little bit of some maybe some 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 controversial discussion, but but discussion I feel like that needs to be had in the nerd community because you know. We can be critical, but we also need to be. We, we don't be dicks. Let's not be dicks. Let let let's let people enjoy the things that they're going to enjoy, and let's not criticize works for stupid shit. Um, you know, let's let let's move on in, in, into the uh, 21st century or whatever, well, whatever century we're on, uh, 21st century to like let's let's leave that shit behind us and let's just be trying to be positive. I'm gonna try to do the same thing on this show. If there's something I don't like, I'm gonna try and be. I'm gonna try and voice it in the right way. To not really just say it's trash because there's not much in this universe that's entertainment based, comic books, video games, TV shows, movies that is trash. There's, there's got to be positivity in there for us to find. Sure, and it helps us to leave the world a better place if we look at the good and things instead of trying to pick apart the evil. I think that's, or the bad per se. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of JIC. Thank you so much again for joining me, Brando. Absolutely. As always, this has been Journey into Comics 301. Negan lives. I'm Nate. I'm Brando. We'll see you guys later. As always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs>